0: I'm Logan Crawford, and right now on Spotlight, we're speaking with author Joe Smoke, who has written, under a pen name, a very compelling book. The pen name is Recovery Rider, and the name of the book is Letters from a Trauma Survivor. She candidly shares a series of poignant letters offering hope and healing to fellow survivors on the path to recovery. We're delighted to have Recovery Rider join us here today on Spotlight, and we ask the folks at home who are watching to support writers like her by subscribing to our channel. And we'd also like to thank the folks at Great Writers Media for helping us put Joe in the spotlight today. Joe, thanks so much for joining us here on Spotlight.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Logan. I really appreciate this time and opportunity.
0: My pleasure, great to speak with you. I think this is an important book for sure, Letters from a Trauma Survivor. First of all, let's give the folks at home some background. What are these letters, anyway?
1: They're a series of letters that I wrote to various people, various things, various situations, emotions from various traumas I have lived through, um, just to help express what I have gone through um, on my quest to find healing for myself and also be a voice to those who may not think or can have a voice in the midst of trauma.
0: Exactly. And if you're comfortable talking about it, do you want to tell us a little bit about the traumas you've suffered and that you Um, wrote these letters from? Sure.
1: Yes. I have um, been through sexual abuse Mm. as a child. Um, I have been through neglect from parents. Um, I've been gaslit. Um, I have had someone try to murder me Um, and I have been um, locked in some places without the ability to escape. Um, and just, there's just so much, it's very hard to even articulate that, but, um, so it was very, it's very healing to be able to write about it. Um, and I created actually something called a trauma tornado and I brought it with me so I could show you it's, it looks like this. It's actually pictured in the book, but it kind of lists, um, in an artistic form about the trauma that I've lived through. And I've actually lived through a tornado also. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another form of trauma that I have lived through too. So there's so many different types of trauma. And unfortunately I have lived through a lot of them. So
0: yeah, it's yeah. hard. I mean, I think it's part of life in many ways. We all suffer traumas, um, mm-hmm. big and small. Some obviously are much more severe than other people's experiences, but we're all... Broken is seems to be the mm-hmm. phrase that people use lately a lot um, mm-hmm. to one degree or another from our parents, from our peers, from our friends, from betrayals, you know, from strangers. Uh, you mm-hmm. never know. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes the people who are closest to you are the ones who are most likely to hurt you. But it also happens, of course, at the hands of strangers. But writing this book mm-hmm. was quite cathartic, you say, Right
1: for sure it was it, it it was hard but it was very like relieving um, it just was good to be able to get it out and then to be able to share it um, and to have a voice when i felt in some times in my life that i haven't been able to have a voice or had have my needs met and things like that it was very good to be able to just I don't know, put it out there and hopefully help others, too, in the process. I really enjoy helping others, and I hope that it can benefit others, too.
0: And this, uh, these are a series of letters you've written pretty much over the course of your life, right?
1: Some, yes, and then some um, just more recently, even. So, um, it, I mean, it, I don't know. It's hard to explain the timeline on it, I guess. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, when you were writing these letters, give us some examples of who you were writing them to, what type of help you were seeking, and so forth, just so folks have an idea about these letters a little bit more.
1: Um, sure. I um I wrote one letter, for example, I wrote to the perpetrator that um, sexually abused me. Mm. Um, it it's an unsent letter, but it was able, like I wrote it to be able to express. Kind of what he did to me what he took the innocence from me Mm. um this this gentleman actually was a serial um he did it to like 40 different kids about basically at least proven and so he went to prison and he ended up dying in prison for the crimes he committed and so just being able to even though he's never read the letter or he, he will never read the letter um I, I wrote kind of what it did to me and how it made me feel and like, why, why did he do that to me? Like asking those questions that I won't ever get answered. Yeah. Um, but it was very healing for me. There are other letters, um, to like family members, um, just to articulate some of the pain that I've gone through from them. Hmm. Um, there's letters to, like on a more positive note, a letter to a good boss that I've had mm. that has really been there for me, encouraged me and things like that, um, that has been a huge support to me. There's letters to and from my dogs um, as if they're writing the letter to me just to see like what, what would they say to me if they could talk. Um, and so um, there's letters to things like to trauma, like about talking to trauma as if it's a person. Letters to anger or disappointment, Um, a letter like letters to loneliness, letters to happiness, Mm. letters to a family I never had. Like, and what would I want in a family if I could have a family that was more healthy? Um, So just a variety of letters. Um, And it ends with, um, sorry, spoiler alert. It ends with (laughs) the letters to and from God. So faith has been a huge part of my life and recovery. And so I just I kind of question God um, in some aspects. And then I I'm not God. So I only I kind of summarize scripture at the end as if God is writing me a letter through Mm -hmm. different scripture summaries. So um, so just a variety um, of of letters to and from different people and things in my life.
0: Yeah. Was this an exercise perhaps suggested to you by a uh, psychotherapist or a psychologist or something? Because it sounds like it would be good therapy.
1: It it was. It was um, suggested through therapy um, to write letters in different capacities. And then I just went for it and wrote even kind of above and beyond kind of the assignment, so to speak, um, hmm. And then pursued getting it published to just be able to be a voice um, to help others communicate, kind of communicate that others can do this, too. um, And to kind of educate people that trauma does exist. And this is kind of it's painful, you know, but there is hope, too. So
0: some of the letters that you actually sent to the people or to the offenders, was it helpful at all? Did you get any kind of. um satisfaction out of writing the letter, where they apologized or tried to explain their side or made you see things in a different light?
1: Um. Well, most letters are actually unsent. Right. Um, and um, I didn't really get, I've tried communicating with my family some, um, mm-hmm. and it ended up being where there was not an apology um and there was just more blame on me and so it was very it's very hard yeah. um and so they ended up having to be cut fully out of my life um and um it, it's pretty disappointing um they it they do have like my email address so if they ever do want to seek and pursue peace um and apologize for some things that they've done um There is that little bit of open door, but otherwise they're not allowed to be in my life. And um, for the sake of not constantly drowning and hurt, it's healthy boundaries to do that. Um, And so it was very hard to get to that point, because for the longest time, I thought that I was not loving them if I didn't just put up with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not true. I can still love them. But I don't have to put up with some of the hurt and the abuse and the neglect and things that they have brought onto my life. So um, it, it's, it's disappointing and heartbreaking, but it's still forgiveness can still take place. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that forgiveness just is healing for me, um, even though maybe they don't deserve forgiveness. It still does then no good if I'm eaten up and torn up about it and not trying to move on with it. But having the ability to forgive, which is a process, it doesn't just happen overnight, it's a process that I keep having to, to do and apply in my life um, to be able to keep moving on from it. Um, so it's hard.
0: <laughs> it, it is hard. I think it's especially hard and especially complicated when the person who has hurt you is a family member like a mother or a father or a sibling or a child, um, because mm-hmm. a stranger who hurts you, you can hate them. You mm-hmm. know, it's hard and destructive in many ways to hate your mother if she hurts you or hate your father if she, he hurts you. Um, so it it's very, very complex because these are people that you really do love with all your mm-hmm. heart and on a level and a connection that is different than any other. Yet they hurt you and they can't be part of your life. So, and that hurts. So it's sometimes compounded. It's a, it's a, it's a terrible situation.
1: Right. For sure. Yeah. It, yeah. it is, it's very hard. It's hard. Yeah. Um, You know, and because of the stuff that I've lived through, I have struggled with um, suicidality and things and have really been at points like fighting for my life, but thankfully with therapy, with friends with other supports and things, like I can keep fighting. Um, I can keep moving on. I can keep, I can keep going day to day, you know? Um, and so it's, it's, it's very challenging.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember the first letter you wrote when your therapist said to you, uh, why don't you write a letter to that person? You don't have to mail it, but, I guess this is a way of like divorcing yourself from your feelings a little bit or compartmentalizing it. You put it down on paper and now you stick it in a drawer or publish it in a book, if whatever it is. Um, but mm-hmm. you've kind of had your say, which you never mm-hmm. had a chance to do. So who was that first letter to? Do you remember?
1: I think it was I can't actually fully remember, but I think it was an easier hurt, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, Um, you didn't want to tackle the big
0: ones right out of the box, right?
1: Right, right. I think it was like from like to a person that was in my life that had hurt me, but it was like not a family member and Mm -hmm. not the perpetrator. It was kind of just a betrayal, like through a friendship type thing. I think that was the first one. (laughs) Um but I honestly can't fully remember because I've written all of them and I can't remember where, which one it started with.
0: Um, Exactly. Your pen name is interesting. Recovery writer. Why did you mm -hmm. choose that?
1: I don't know. It just came into my mind and it just sounded like cool. It sounded Mm -hmm. like it had a ring to it. I wanted to put something recovery related where it kind of, inspires that it is possible um like rider and i spelled it r y d e r Mm -hmm. just like because it kind of implies that you keep going i know it's not like spelled like you ride a bicycle but it kind of implies that means that so it's like recovery rider you kind of keep going in life and move moving forward and it just had a cool ring to it um
0: yeah absolutely now writing this book and publishing these letters you know there's something very um difficult about writing in general when you put it out into the public because you feel like people will see and know you on a different level and uh and these were very personal experiences did you wrestle with the idea of whether you would publish it or not uh, what made you decide to publish it and who were the first people you gave the book to to say hey take a look at this what do you think
1: I, I did wrestle with it and I wrestled a lot whether I should give my real name or not um, and um, publish it under my real name or not. Um, and um, let's see, I gave it to um, some ther- like therapist about it to read. Um, and I let a friend read it also. And then I, I don't know if I came up with the, I think I came up with the idea. Let's see if I can get it published. I don't know. I don't think mm-hmm. a friend told me that. I don't remember exactly. I'm sorry, but, sure. um, and so I just pursued, um, publishing it. Um, and it's just kind of grown in to what it is now. Um, it came out at like May 9th mm-hmm. and so it's, it's still kind of new. Um, yeah. And so this is the first book I've ever published. Um, And it's just interesting. I would like to write another book um, kind of to just describe more of how I've done recovery, what I do for recovery, Um, kind of going from being a victim to a survivor, like kind of portraying that. I would love to start. And actually I have actually started writing that, but, um, I work a lot too. So, but, um, so it just kind of came to be, um, I've had, I've also published it. Um, I've had a lot of medical bills and things, um, since I don't really have a lot of family support or things like that. Um, I'm on my own and my, I'm my sole provider. And so Financially, I was hoping it would help pay for some of my medical bills and Mm -hmm. as well as helping get, I have a dog that's going to be trained to be a service dog for me. And Mm -hmm. so I'm really hoping that some of the sales will help with that training and things too. So I've, I've written it to be a voice, but also to help be an added support financially for me. I'm hoping so. Um,
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully that is the case, and hopefully it does help with the burden that you're dealing with. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me about trauma survivors. Do you work with them? I know you have your own website, Um, Tell me, do you work with other trauma survivors and other people who have been victimized?
1: Not currently. Um, mm-hmm. I have in my past. Um, I used to be a certified peer support specialist. Um, in South Carolina mm-hmm. and I used to help coach people in recovery from various traumas from various mental health disorders and things right now I am a retail manager so I don't directly um, I have uh, subordinates and employees that work for me and I don't fully know their stories but I try to be a quality leader to them and one that they can turn to if they have, you know, been in like traumatic experiences. I don't know fully um, Mm -hmm. everyone's story that work under me um, and that I work with. And um, I work for a great company um, and I I help a lot of customers on a regular basis with crafting projects and things. And so I hope I make a positive impact to Mm -hmm. everyone around me, though I don't directly work with someone people that have experienced like trauma currently, I would like to start back maybe adding that in my life. Cause I think yeah. it's a huge blessing to me to help be an like a hope and offer hope that it is possible to recover. So.
0: Yeah. It, it sounds like you've got a great relationship with your dog. You say you're training him to be a, uh, a um, service dog as well.
1: Yes, it, um, it's actually a she, but she, um, her, yeah, no worries. Her, her name is Daisy and she is an English lab. Um, mm-hmm. And we are going to be working with um, an organization called Medical Mutts in Indiana. Um, and they will help um, me and her like be able to be trained so that she can be a support. Um, it takes about two years to get tra- her trained fully. Um, and she just turned a year old, um, July 6th, mm-hmm. so she still has about a year to go. Um, she's very smart, um, very teachable, too. Um, I also have two other dogs, too, that aren't going to be service dogs, but dogs are just very healing to me. Um, and they're just a great support to me.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, mm-hmm. what type of tasks will your mm-hmm. service dog help you with? Um,
1: um, um yes. She will help me um, if I have nightmares at night. She mm-hmm. will help um, be able to like calm me down. Um, she can. She will be able to help me um, if I have anxiety out in public. Um, she can help me like navigate that, leave a situation if she like can tell. She'll be able to smell my anxiety and she'll be able to sense it. Um, she will help me be able to like leave a situation if I needed to leave. Um, she can uh, be trained to like find my phone. If Mm -hmm. I had an emergency, she could get and grab my phone for me and bring that to me. Um, She can, um, if people, like if I'm out in public and people are crowding me, she can stand in between me and other people. So I Mm -hmm. feel less crowded. Um,
0: So this is like a true emotional support animal that goes a little beyond that i mean right yeah right so she will yes
1: she is like she would provide different services and things so for sure
0: wonderful yeah that must that must feel great if you suffer from anxiety having a big Mm -hmm. lovable dog by your side who's trained to deal with those issues has to be Mm -hmm. extremely comforting you know
1: for sure for sure
0: Yeah, I was going to joke with you before when you said about the dogs writing letters, my dog would be (laughs) writing a letter saying, sorry, I pooped in the kitchen this morning. But uh, your uh, dogs sound like they're a little more advanced than my dogs. But they're Jack Russell Terriers, so they tend to be a little crazy.
1: Gotcha.
0: (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. Who are you hoping to help with this book? I guess other trauma survivors, and I guess maybe even therapists as well to better understand the issues that people are going through.
1: Yes, for sure. And, um, like family members that may not be the perpetrators, but may want to understand what a family member is going through or a friend. Um, if they don't have a history of trauma themselves, they can read the book and maybe learn a little bit, you know, what it's like, what it feels like, what it, what it, how it impacts our life, um, to go through things like that.
0: Talk to me a little bit about faith and how that has helped you in your journey.
1: Yes, um, God has been a huge, huge blessing to me. Um, he, um, I mean, he created me. He, he saved me um, from my sins. He is my comforter. He is my, my father. Um, mm-hmm. When my, my earthly father has failed, he has let me see him as the perfect father. Um, He has been just everything to me Um, when actually when I was a small child about um, kind of going through the sexual abuse and then the abandonment from my father. Mm -hmm. God gave me this precious vision at night when I was trying crying myself to sleep that he was holding me in his hands and rocking me to sleep. I never saw his face because he's too powerful for that, but he let me have this comfort of a vision of him holding me and comforting me to sleep. So he has been, he's been everything. And the Bible has been a huge blessing to me too. Reading through like the Psalms and other scriptures, um, they're, they're a huge comfort to me. Um, so he gets all the glory for, for everything in my life, so for sure.
0: Have you found a church that you like or is most of your religion, you know, just you and your personal relationship with God?
1: Um, Right now, I um, am not in a church. Um, I'm still, I've had some church injury, unfortunately, as part yeah. of the trauma and it's, it's very heartbreaking. Um, I would like to be able to go back to church sometime. Um, Right now I'm not in a church and I don't I don't like that, but I also I um would like to have the support of Daisy, fully trained to be able to go go back to church. Um the church has some very wonderful people, but it also has um with the Bible names as Pharisees and Sadducees and things, and so there are some there can be some mean people in church, unfortunately. Um yeah. and But there can be some very nice, genuine people. I have been part of churches in my past that have been a huge blessing to me. Um, And I would like to get back to one. I'm just not currently in one right now. So,
0: yeah, Um, absolutely. Churches can be the best of times or they can be the worst of times. Uh, You know, there are Mm -hmm. great clergymen and Mm clergywomen and they're awful. Uh, So. It goes both ways, but if you're lucky <laughs> enough to connect with a good church, it's very, very helpful. Tell me a little bit about the display beside you. I see your book there, and I see a second book as well. Am I seeing? Yes,
1: um, okay. I uh, also wrote um, an illustrated uh, children's book called Boundaries by Millie, mm-hmm. um, and it is under my my real name, Joe Smoke, uh-huh. and it kind of it helps teaches kids probably it's probably for kids about the age of three to eight is kind of what it's targeted to Mm. um it teaches kids um boundaries Mm. um it was that's something that i did not learn as a kid about boundaries um and And when you
0: say boundaries is this like what people should be where you should draw your boundaries as far as like somebody touching you or approaching you or talking to you that kind of thing
1: Right. Basically. Yes. It, um, yes, it is kind of on a very simple kind of level and it kind of teaches it through how like boundaries may be taught through donkeys and Mm -hmm. how they communicate their own boundaries. Um, and like through some, like for example, donkeys sometimes turn around and kick their feet when they don't like something or or are telling, you no, basically. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of teaches kids boundaries through the life of a donkey and how a donkey might communicate it because animals like kids can relate to animals pretty yeah. well. And yeah. then um, parents can then go further with this and kind of explain it in more detail, but it teaches that it's okay to say no. And no is a kind of a, basically a complete sentence. Um, and, you know, no is healthy basically. And, Um, And it gives, it goes through different illustrations on that and how boundaries, how uh, Millie the donkey communicates boundaries. So.
0: Sounds like a great book for a parent to read to your child, because it could be an awkward conversation to have. But this is a great way Mm -hmm. through an ambassador, Millie the donkey, to explain to a child that there are certain things that are okay, certain things that are not okay, and that you have the power to say no. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, the name of the book is Letters from a Trauma Survivor. That's the book we've been talking predominantly about today. It is written by Joe Smoke under the pen name Recovery Rider. It is a collection of letters that she has written to people who have hurt her over the years, who have inflicted trauma upon her. But she is a survivor. She is a fighter and she's doing great. And this book could be your guide to helping yourself out of a rough situation and let's face it we all find ourselves in tough situations of one type or another over the course of our lives and the second children's Mm -hmm. book again is called
1: boundaries by millie
0: boundaries by millie look for them both that's under joe smoke
1: yes that one is under joe smoke
0: and people can learn more about both books i presume at joesmoke.com
1: yes that's correct
0: Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. And Those links will be underneath this interview. Joe, thank you so much for joining us here today on Spotlight.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Logan. I really appreciate this opportunity. It's been
0: great. I appreciate your time as well and your candor. And to the folks at home, I'm Logan Crawford thanking you for your time this time until next time on Spotlight.